Can you even believe it? It's a brand new season. Season four. New beginnings. New seasonings. New stories. New vegetables. New projects. New arguments. New. We started Whole30 and there's a lot of questions and stuff to talk about. New adventures, new travels, new chickens, new who knows. It's going to be fun. Let's pull up a chair. We've got a lot to talk about. telling you. No, I'm telling no, you. No, what I'm telling you. I'll let you tell me. People that have their lives geared in seasonal ways do things in seasonal ways, no matter what you're talking about. The beginning of September is a perfect time for the first episode of a new season because there is so much stuff going on. You know it, South Texans. You know what season it is. It is the garden kickoff season. It's funny because I ran into somebody today. We were talking and we figured out how we knew each other. And as soon as I say Aislinn, that doesn't always click, although it clicks a little bit. But then, then I say farmer's market and they're like, oh yeah. And then he's like, oh, so are you still in the farmer's market stuff? And I was like, no, but I'm a farmer. And oh yeah. And he, you know, yeah, it's a bad, it's been a bad season. And I was like, well. Depending on what kind of farming you're doing. I don't really call it bad necessarily because I see things a little differently other people do i actually think it's been a really educational season there was a lot of produce that came out of the garden this year you send out an email to those that have subscribed to your newsletter at the beginning of every month yep try and to anyway <laughs> and that's always going to be a time for me to really see the large picture of what the month is going to look like as far as having our business people out here. Right. yeah what we're going to be doing how many meals i'm making you cook new season of the podcast yeah it is now time for us to start doing food events because the weather's cooled off yep gardening classes where people come onto the farm guess who i talked to today chris prado he oh. was my first chef that i did a farm to table yeah. with we did three farm to tables in a row he's like i'm ready let's do it he's ready let's do he's, it he's ready let's oh, do it we're thinking shit. like a november abundant harvest event some well, sort of a november abundant harvest farm well, that's table. the actual guest chef from a five-star restaurant coming mm-hmm. to the farm mm-hmm. to cook for a ticketed item yeah what else you got going on well one of the new chapter changing events that's about to occur in september or is occurring in September, is Whole30. We started today. Exactly. Day one. And we have to think about and talk about how is that going to play into... Everything? Everything. (laughs) Everything. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay home because I don't want to be tempted by foods out there in the wild environment. Yeah, it is a fascinating thing. But you're right. If we're going to have food events on the farm in September, it's a great time to educate people about... I don't even care about educating right. people. Right. Well, and that's I don't no, care it is an about education. educating people about whole But food. the education is this. I'm we're telling not, my story. We're not sitting here saying, do this. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. No. We're just telling you what we're doing. That's right. Okay. And then on top of that, the education element of it is to show you how delicious it can be. Farm to table, whole 30 delicious foods that you can prepare in your own home. But I'm not even saying, like, rush home and do the whole 30 diet. No. I'm saying, Include whole food recipes into your daily lifestyle I told, diet. I had to tell a couple of people what I was up to today. Uh-huh. People at the office and whatnot. And as I did, they their eyes just got wider and wider. Like, what, How, what, what are you going to eat? What are you doing? <laughs> what exactly are you doing? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So here's another example of that. I had to go into town to get my glasses, mm-hmm. which is about six years yes. coming. <laughs> Thank God. 
And if you saw any videos of me online over the last like three weeks, you've seen me with a safety pin in my glasses. I like how you just wore it boldly and didn't give a heck. I do not give a shit what anybody thinks about how I handle my own business. Thank you very much. I asked you today, you said, I got my new, texted me, I got my new glasses. Uh Uh-huh. Do these come with a safety pin? Because that's a trend. <laughs> I know. I'm setting a safety pin trend. Yeah, you could totally set. Yeah. So I'm over there in the shopping center where I go to the eye doctor. And when they're done with getting the glasses and everything, they say it's going to be about an hour. So at that point, I'm like starting to feel a little hungry. But I've thrown some food in my bag. I threw uh-huh. in some salted almonds. Uh-huh. I threw in some red pepper flavored seaweed uh-huh. chips, uh-huh. which is my new favorite obsession. You can have it. And then a cured pork stick that I had purchased from Thrive to make sure I had things on the plane and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I looked at the ingredients and the ingredients are spot on. They meet okay. the, the deal, right? So that's a good little snack package I took with me to town so that I could eat. But where am I going to go eat this at? And I walk into the bookstore that has the cafe next to it because mm-hmm. I can sit here and read my book that I've already purchased and drink a cup of just tea. Like, they make tea there. It's a coffee shop, but they make tea there. And they have a sign on the door that says... No milk, no sugar. Right. Well, they have a sign on the door that says, please do not eat anything inside our shop or on our porch... That you didn't buy. That you didn't buy here. Right. And I like to be respectful of those rules. It's kind of like when we went into Lucy's yesterday and I brought in my own bowl of bouillabaisse because I picked it up from the farm-to-table restaurant that's not serving in-house yet. Mm -hmm. Walked over there, but... When you go into these places, I thought out loud, I don't think they're going to care and I'm going to spend some money here in order to like weigh that out, right? But here's the thing. F the rules post-pandemic. That's my It's not even just F the rules post-pandemic. It's F the rules when you don't serve anything in your restaurant that I can eat. Sure. So when the sign was up, I was respectful. I went up. I bought tea. I actually looked at everything on their menu to see, do they have some strawberries I could buy from them? Do they have some grapes I could buy from them? Mm -hmm. Do they have anything I could actually eat? They do not. So if you don't provide anything that I can actually eat, I'll buy a glass of tea from you and I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes and read my book. And I'm going to eat my pork stick. And eat my pork stick if I choose to. So now we're considering the dinner events that we can do in September right. that match Whole30. Sure. That will also make our clients happy that they pay, that paid to $44 to a seat And to if eat I'm eating with you, whatever. I've got to yeah. be able to eat the food. Exactly. So what do we got coming up? On September the 24th, this is a big one because this is the first announcement we've done of this. We actually haven't done it anywhere else. We like to do it this way because it's a gift to you guys. Perfect it's, for episode one. Exactly. It's Dinner Table Talk Salon number two. That's the right. The second one we've ever done. The first one was so good. And it was in May and then it got hot. We're back. We're back. Okay. And this is a bummer for those of you that listen in Germany. Yeah. Or Oregon. Listen, I feel certain that someday those people are going to be wanting to travel to Texas and I'm going to convince them to come to the coast of Texas and come see my cute little farm down here. So you hear that, you guys, when you're planning that Texas vacation someday, come see me. You come to the farm, we make you dinner, and we have a dinner table talk. But it's a salon. That's important because a salon is an opportunity to have a creative discussion. That's right. We love those. I want creative people Dinner table talks, duh. If you're considering coming and you're not very creative or interesting, just don't bother. (laughs) No, that's not true. Listen, we got everyone engaged last time and it was super fun and we had some great conversations. You can go back to episode whatever from season three to hear more about that. Now we're doing it with Whole30. Well, some people might be like, why would I want to come to that? 
right? Well, we got to show off some awesome, delicious food. Well, between food. now and then, I'm going to have this whole 30 thing down to a gourmet science. Oh, my God. We will only make and prepare and serve the best foods that we have discovered between now, the first day that we're doing it, literally, uh huh, and then. September 24th in the evening. That's a Saturday. And they go to your website to get these tickets? That is correct. It's acelandcampbell.com. And it's and very limited. It's very limited. So we do a small it. table and we'll fill that table up and we'll be done. Then on September the 28th, yeah. we have another event coming up and I'll do Whole30 with that one. And that's the one my mom and I like to do together. That's the Long Lunch Club. Yeah. She's excited yeah. about doing a Whole30 presentation. It's been a few months because of that heat. We've already sold tickets to that one. So I, we already know there's going to be it. people here that are going to be eating the Whole30. And we make at least three courses for that one. One of them is dessert. And you add in to not only has it got to be Whole30, but it's also got to be farm-to-table seasonal right. and Whole30. Right, which isn't hard when you're dealing with produce. That's exactly right. Fresh meat, fresh produce. How do you make it taste good? How do you get all the flavors in there? So let's just dive into this thing, okay? We've talked about Whole30 last week and a few weeks before when your mom joined us to kind of give us a primer. Yeah. For 30 days, no dairy, no sugar. That includes alcohol, of course. No grains of any kind. No legumes. Yeah, it means no peanuts. Very specific types of oil. Now, you and I have done sugar fasts, and you've right. done the gluten-free, and I've kind of gone along with you certainly when I'm cooking it. Mm-hmm. But now milk, no cheese, honey, no cheese. I know. That's why I'm going to eat me some nut cheese. <laughs> and the f I'm taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. Yeah, you said last week you're going to do it your way. I have to. I There's have to. There's a lot of anxiety it feels like about this for you. Because a couple of things. Number one, I am a rule breaker, not a rule follower. Mm -hmm. I'm great at lifestyle diet and being good with it. And once I've committed to something and my stomach doesn't like it anymore and I can understand, you know, like these are the rules. You have to follow them. On top of the fact that I've already done a lot of the different like eliminations and sensitivities right. of what we're doing. Right. So the huge part of this, there's two huge parts of this for me okay. that I'm willing to really, three, three huge parts of this that I'm willing to contribute no, to. No, four. No, just three. <laughs> Let's go with three. I might come up with a fourth one. Hold Lamb on up. while we're talking. Number one, anytime I do alcohol and sugar fasts, that's going to be a good month for me because my what body- What do you mean a good month? My body needs to have a break from sugar to reestablish my- Sugar sweetness, that bliss indicator, that sweetness indicator, so that I stop eating garbage sugar. Because I don't really even like garbage sugar, like a garbage sugar candy bar or a garbage sugar m and You don't or, like that? No, I really don't. What? What? But I eat it because I get my, my, my sweet indicator gets up so high that I'm just like, somehow it tastes good, but you it doesn't like, normally taste good. Your favorite candy bar is that M&M flat one, the flat candy bar with the little M&Ms inside of it. It is. It is. I like milk chocolate. It is the truth. But I also, when I can get my sweetness scale back down to what's more normal for me, I'm fine with dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is delicious. A good 85% dark chocolate is delicious to me. I certainly don't need anything with colored sugar dyes of any kind. Yeah. And I've always talked about that, but it's like, you just do a little bit because, you know, it's a little well, bit. Well, it's also, you know, it's just a little bit. when we did that sugar fast, alcohol fast, uh, we've done 21 day ones. Dude, I was thinking, oh shit, I got to do an alcohol fast again. I just did an alcohol <laughs> fast. I can do it. 
Yeah, actually, of, I'm actually quite happy about it. Of course. It. But the last time that I did that was when I realized how much I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. And when I say how much I'm drinking, I don't mean a binge every night. I mean a beer almost every night. That's a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. And so I remember reaching over to grab the beer at the couch when we were watching a TV show or something, yeah, and the beer I wasn't there. I, I was like, I got to put something in its place. And I went with iced tea. I, I guess I'm going to do that again. Now, I wasn't drinking at that level now. But what's fascinating, every time I've done a sugar fast or um, stage one, phase one of South Beach or Atkins, you know, all of these things, and there's no sugar for a period of time, that's when you remind yourself or that's when you're forced to be reminded how much sugar is in everything that is sold to eat in America. And in this diet, they're purposely hitting the sweet bliss indicator. Because they are even saying don't eat honey. And we talked about honey this morning because I was like, technically, if it's a whole food diet, technically, honey is a whole food. But it's just a sweetener. That's Seems all like it is. like it would be, wouldn't it? it, it, it no, it is a it whole It is food. made in nature without it human's help. It is a whole food. It is no less a whole food than a watermelon is. So I left for the office a little less prepared than I wanted to be. And I drive around a lot for work. And I stopped at a convenience store. You should get out of bed before seven to get nuts. In the morning. No peanuts. Uh-huh. Salt and pepper pistachios. Perfect. That sounds really good. Turn it over. Sugar. In the salt and pepper. Yeah, that's the same thing I found with. You add pepper as the, the ingredient, mm-hmm. and somehow sugar goes with pepper. Mm-hmm. Made no sense. Mm-hmm. So number one. You need a sugar caking agent of some kind. That's probably what it has to do with. No, they sneak sugar in everything because we Americans love our sugar. Mm, This is going to be even better if you put some sweetness on it. So the first thing is I need to deal with my sugar. The second reason is because I want you to do it. Because I want to support you to actually do a true full elimination diet. I think you are going to find that you are probably way more allergic, way more sensitive than you realize to dairy and, I agree with you. and wheat. Both dairy and wheat. Maybe the wheat. but Yeah, I mean, you could be right about all of it. Mm-hmm. I know I've got an allergy of some kind because yeah. of these bags under my eyes. I always have that are never attractive. But the thing about it is, is that there's other things too that are indicators that your body has a lot of toxins in it. It doesn't know what to do with. And and I don't I don't want to be that person and I don't want to be this person to anyone else, but you're my partner. And I said this I last week, you're my partner and I want to climb mountains, right? right. I want to climb mountains until we're 88 years old. Yeah. You want to run a marathon at 83 or whatever that no, guy I don't did run, in that I podcast. I don't want to run a marathon, but I would canoe at 88 like this sure. guy. I mean, like I, I want that and I want a partner that wants to do that with me as long as he healthily can. I and am fully committed. Good. And do not good. need your help. No, I'm not looking for your, I'm not doing it. If I know the rules, I'll follow the rules. And 30 days is not that long time. Yeah. But now that it is all laid out and that little list of things, no sugar, no grain, no milk. I mean, all of it. No cheese, Aisla, no cheese. Oh, cheese is a big one for me. Cheese is a big one in our home. It is. But there are cheese alternatives that we are willing to eat. That's right. The cashew, nut cheese. You want to eat nut cheese. I want to eat nut cheese. The third one is, honestly... Because I really do think there's an opportunity here on the podcast at these dinner table events or whatever to have some really delicious whole 
food recipes uh-huh. and to play with whole. And I know that's what my mom and dad found out that, you know, that along with some other sensitivities and things like that, that they're going to personally deal with, with their own bodies. But I know one of the key things is like the deliciousness of food and the creativity. And yes, it gets tiring cooking every meal for 30 days, right? Because basically you got to cook every meal for 30 days if you're going to do it this way. Because you can't even trust the oil that they use in most restaurants. Like you can eat French fries, but they're going to be frying those French fries in peanut oil. Something we don't want. Peanut oil, almost guaranteed. Almost guaranteed they're going to be frying it in peanut oil. So you can't just pop into a place at lunchtime because you're hungry and get French fries to meet the whole food diet because that doesn't meet the oil requirement. Aislinn's number four. What's my number four? You need easy to grab snack foods. Now, here's what I know that we can do because I went to the grocery store and got these things ready to start on day one. A big bag of cashews, a big bag of almonds, a big bag of pistachios, and then fruit, 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 fruit. Yeah, I even went back to the Fruit King. I hadn't been in a long time, and I don't really know why, honestly. It's a fruit vendor it's in a, our town. It's kind of like a overripe fruit vendor. Overripe, you say? Yeah. I mean, that's really... They're, the reason they can give you the prices that they're giving is because they're giving like you... day-old fruit? Basically. I got like, you. Like, the stuff that they're putting in the grocery store at H-E-B, in the regular, like, fancy grocery stores, is just in better shape for what you look at, for what you see with your eyes. Right. If there's a bruise on that apple, it's not going to sell at the grocery store. No, no, no. Well, over at the Fruit King, There might you be know, a bruise on an apple. But you're buying... A box of mangoes for $2, that didn't happen today, but oftentimes, and if you throw away half of them when you've got chickens in your backyard. You're buying inexpensive, all-natural chicken food. Exactly. So I went over to the Fruit King today. My friend, Cassie, who's awesome, she's the unhinged homesteader, by the way. You guys should check her out. She told me with this mango, as we were talking on FaceTime one day and cutting her mango up for her, she has a bunch of little kiddos running around under her feet they're all her little babies they're so sweet but she's eating mangoes right and she's like no no you got to go to the fruit king to get your fruit for your whole 30 and ask them about animal feed ask them if they've got some overripe overripe like this is not gonna sell right Joe, what? it was worth the trip. Yeah. I paid like 25 dollars for like pineapples mangoes strawberries asparagus, an entire bag of poblano peppers, an entire bag, like a big bag, not a little bag, you guys, a big old bag of habaneros. I plucked a poblano pepper out of the bag and added it to the taco meat that Mm. we'll be having on night one of Whole30, a taco salad. Mm, I love taco salad. A a shell-less taco. I have to eat it without my cheese and without my chips, though. Mm. Now i got to figure out what to do with another 25 pounds of poblano peppers, but I'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> it be, will not be a problem because we love poblanos in this house. Well, speaking of snacks, there's two things that are scariest for me about this, and that is not having enough sodium because that's one of the things that's missing for me. We've been talking about it. And not getting enough calories, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So lots of little salty snacks for me to eat on sure. throughout the day. Well, Roasted poblano peppers is one of my absolute favorite things to just eat. I'll just eat it. Roast and salt a poblano pepper and I'll just eat it. I'll eat three or four of them. I got all this great produce. I paid like 25 bucks for it. Asked the guy about the feed. I was like, I got chicken. And he was like, I got a lot. What kind of car do you have? And I was like, I got a Suburban. Well, I got a lot. I'll get the dolly. He filled the whole back of my car up of the Suburban. He filled it full with rotting fruits and vegetables 
for me to bring home to the pigs and the chickens and the cows. Right. The steers, actually. I got home and you were over by the gate. The longhorns, yeah. And I had never seen one eat a whole watermelon before. I threw a giant watermelon over there, you guys. It just split right open. Uh-huh. And they were so cute. They were like little kids. They were like... And then the other one was like, no, I don't want it. Yeah. And then the one to me that's like more chill. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll eat anything. And he was like licking around at it and smelling it. And then he got down there and he started slurping and he, I, and he, he was chomping on it. And I went over and got some more things and then looked up at, he looked up at me and he had like slobber just like dripping down his face. And I was like, yep, buddy, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, that's how I good eat watermelon. watermelon. That's yeah. how I eat watermelon too. The steer come up to our back fence. Yeah. And if I haven't weeded it along that fence line. Then I'll pick up big clumps of that. What kind of grass is that? That weedy grass. I don't know. It's, but it's, a, long, it's a long. It's yeah. a it's a livestock grass. Take it right out of my hand. Mm-hmm. You know that's a lot of fun. I've never done this before. A whole mango. The whole yeah, thing. Yeah, this was hilarious. I held it out for one of the steer to give a sniff, and he just goes <laughs> and ate it like Pac Man eating a whole dot. Yeah. And you said, what's he going to do with that pit? Uh-huh. I'd like to think that it was like, and spit it out. But it was just the cutest thing. So they got their stuffs. At some point, the pigs will come up and they'll be like, hey, man, we missed the party. There's like avocados and watermelons yeah. and all kinds of mangoes and everything. And this is the thing is we're walking back from my car with the wagon. We're dragging the wagon full of boxes of fruit. I think out loud. I think out loud often. So do you. I hear you doing it all the time. You say, who are you talking to? I'm talking to myself. I'm going to leave me alone. Yeah. I think out loud. This is one of my absolute favorite parts of all the things we do. And that is turning waste into gold. Boxes full of delicious rotting tomatoes and mangoes and all this great stuff. I dump it over there. It's going to break down. It's going to make maggots. It's going to make compost. There's seeds. There's a whole thing that's about to happen over there that's about to turn. We might have planted a papaya forest or an avocado forest today. I'm certain that we did. I'm Fantastic. certain that we did. Unanswered questions. Well, there was only one unanswered question from last week. Uh-huh. And it was, did I go see you do your stand-up comedy thing? And you did come. I did. I stayed up at, I stayed up late. I was at the bar till like 9 o'clock that night. I mean, come on, y'all. I was there for it. You were probably at the bar till about 10 o'clock that night. I even had a drink. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, I'm going like to continue. I was partying hard or something. If I'm going to continue doing comedy there after the whole 30 is over, I'm going to have to talk about their beer selection. Or just don't drink their shitty beer and just I'm going to, yeah, like, have them the bring beer. in better beer. Skip the beer. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> it was fun to watch you up there. Um, the comedians made me laugh. I'm going to say something about your act, but I'm going to say something about the whole experience. Go ahead. You were too smart for that audience. (laughs) Several times you made, you said things that I was like, I don't think this audience is quick witted enough to understand that joke. Although people were laughing, right? You held the room, which you do. Yeah. That's like, that's the thing. Whenever you told me you were doing this, I was like, so what? He can go up there for five minutes and hold a room and make people laugh. That's easy. That's the easy part, right? Now you got to come up with some really funny jokes that make it worth my time to stay out at a bar at 10 o'clock at night that has shitty beer, which I'm not going to drink the beer anyway, but it has shitty cocktails even. Yeah, I've done it twice now, and I've learned a lot about not just doing it, but about the scene, the local comedy scene. Yeah. And about what open mic nights are. 
open mic nights are not the night to go get the best comedy you've ever seen. Because if the comedians up there are doing their job, they are working out new material. They might be saying something on stage for the very first time. It is not fully... I certainly was two week, two times ago. Yeah. It is certainly not fully formed. The order of the words is not there. The cadence is not there. It's just me and you, audience, us trying to figure out if this is funny at all, how it would work better. I got in my head because not only were you there, Savannah was there, a buddy of mine from, yeah, uh, from the podcast there. was there, yeah. other people were there. And I relied on those notes and you were quick to say... Listen, listen, listen. You guys, ahead. when I met Joe, Mr. Radio, Mr. Speechwriter, Mr. Like Communication Extraordinaire... Mm. One of the first things we did together was write a speech because we had just started dating when you, when I got offered to do a TEDx talk. Right. And I was like, oh, how do I, what do I do? And it, that's weird because I have a communications degree and I've written a thousand speeches, but I just do get nervous. I get nervous. I can talk clearly. You put me in front of a microphone and tell me to talk about some stuff for two hours. I can talk and talk and talk and it'll be mildly entertaining, but somebody's going to have to edit that shit. Aislinn, <laughs> I'm going to go a step further. If someone puts you in front of a microphone and says, talk for 15 minutes, you will talk for two hours. <laughs> the challenge with the TEDx talk was that strictly seven minutes we're turning your microphone that's off, right yeah. and you don't want to look like you weren't prepared enough to get they're it they're never going to turn anybody's microphone off they just don't want you to do that don't right. do it that's not we're so not prepared getting you for that. down to seven minutes yeah is exactly what i'm doing up on that stage exactly it's trying to get in those things a five minute chunk maybe in my head a 10-minute chunk. And then if I get three 10-minute chunks, I've got 30 minutes. Yes. He does the Aislin thing where he takes the piece of paper with him up on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's just, and again, in these... Hold on. I'm going to defend myself a little bit. In this part of it, Second time I've ever done yeah. it, trying to make sure I get all of it out there. I'm not taking that as an excuse because I've watched you make people laugh for five minutes holding a room and you didn't need a piece of paper. And you have told me a thousand times, do not take that piece of paper up there. Yeah, and you take the piece of paper. I take the piece of paper. And I think you suffer for it. I do. Yeah. The only mistake you made was taking the piece of paper. I'm never taking the piece and of paper again. And the interesting thing about it was the story that he told, which is the one that he turns into a joke that he makes everyone really laugh. He has told, I've heard him, t I could tell the story. That's how many times I've heard him tell the story. Yeah. So he didn't need a piece of paper to tell a story he's told 8 billion times. You're not exactly right, but you're very, very close. I'm very, very close. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen next time. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're in Corpus, you're going to hear it here. Yeah. This is going to be this coming Thursday. This coming Thursday, Ooh. I am going to go up. Mm, see, if you listen to Dinner Table Talks, you get to know the secrets. Yeah, if secrets. you're listening to this Dinner Table Talks, thank you. Tell a friend. Aww. And then know that you have first dibs on the Dinner Table Talk Salon. Yep. And I'm not telling anybody else that I'm nope. going up. Secrets. Secrets. When you come to our dinner table, you get in on the goods. But I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to go up with an unformed thought in my head and purposefully have to put it together up there. Uh -huh. And if I huh. get lost or if I get paused, I'm going to purposefully do crowd work. I'm going to have to go up there with nothing. Yes. That's soon. You have to go up there with nothing. Listen, you guys. And then in about two or three good. months, I'm going to it make a big funny. grand announcement. When he finally got over the little stupid the paper yeah. hump, 
he was hilarious. He held the room and it gets me excited. And I'm like, okay, dude, let's do it. Let's bring more of that to the table. Let's show everyone the Joe and Aislinn show, which is, so I'm like sparked by this whole, this is how our creative flow works. This mm-hmm. is exactly how our creative flow works. The trick with us is that we have to be really careful about overcommitting because we tend to overcommit. That's why I'm only going every other week or so for now. I'm glad that we're starting out the new season of this podcast with a little bit more, we're better at it. Maybe that's the way to say it. We're, we're better at it. We know what we're doing now. And now we're a little bit more on par. I text on par. I don't know what that means. I just said words. <laughs> I, that's what you do on the microphone. I know. That's what I, you, you just keep rolling and then you make fun of yourself if you make a mistake. That's I how I do it. I texted your mom today. Our last meal was fried rice. Because oh, we can't yeah. have rice for 30 days. And it was really good, too. Like the we, best fried rice you've made in a while. It was the best fried rice I've maybe ever made. You're right. And I can do that again with cauliflower rice. Yes. And we've done that During before. the 30 days. And we've mm-hmm. talked about all of this on the uh-huh. show. And I almost yeah. didn't even want to talk about it because we've talked about fried rice several times. A billion times. times. It's like a staple food. But I want to hold up my fingers as mm-hmm. we identify mm-hmm. the Aislinn Campbell-grown vegetables mm-hmm. that went into last night's fried rice. Mm-hmm. Make your rice. Mm-hmm. Get it cooled off and put it in the fridge. That's the secret. You don't want hot rice straight from the cooker going into your fried rice. Okay. Number two, mm-hmm. prepare room temperature butter with a shitload of garlic okay. and set it aside. Okay. That's secret to my success, number two. That's the hacha hacha, you know, hibachi, some people call it. Whatever. Well, the secret to my success I often learn on Google. <laughs> yeah. Number three, prep all your vegetables and put them in separate bowls. Based upon how Thick long each yeah. of those is going to require to cook. Uh-huh. What was that? <laughs> this is a whole 30 day. Like, what I'm was hung- that? I'm hungry in stomach? my throat. <laughs> no, Your throat is brain. growling? Yes, my throat is growling. <laughs> <laughs> so carrots and radishes. And what was the radish that we used? The Korean, the Korean radish. radish yeah. The Bravo radish. Take less time than cabbage. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned three ingredients that came out of your garden. Carrots, cabbage, Korean radish. Yes. Your onions. In August, you guys. Eggplant. The long, thin ones. Yeah, like fingers. Fingerling eggplant. Beautiful. Tromboncino squash. Yes. The cliffhanger was, would we use a tromboncino squash to cook and talk about it this week? We did. I love tromboncinos, you guys. They're the winners. A ton of your basil. Yeah, because I had said, hey, remember when we go over to the like Thai restaurants, they make mm-hmm. Thai, Thai basil, basil fried yeah. rice? Well, I got all this basil. Let's put it in our fried rice. I used a ton of basil. So good. Maybe if this fried rice was better than any fried rice you've ever made, the, the ingredients basil, were fresh and awesome. But the, all of that stuff you just named, mm-hmm. I literally harvested out of the ground and brought it inside for you. A cabbage head, just harvested. Carrots, pulled out of the dirt. Radish, pulled out of the dirt. Tromoncino, cut off. Eggplant, cut off. In that moment, brought it right in and cooked it. That's it how you do it, you guys. was in your belly an hour and a half later. That's how you do it. Yeah. Get your wok super hot. I use a combination of olive oil and sesame oil. Mm-hmm. And then you start adding the ingredients as they need to so that at the end, they're all cooked at the same rate. Leftover chicken, leftover steak. Yep, that's right. So we had a couple of meats that were in the fridge. They needed to go. to go. Yep. Add that butter, then add your rice. Then I used your gluten-free soy sauce to make it all perfect. So you had just made a couple of days before... Okra. I knew we were missing something. There was okra in, in that the fried, fried rice. rice. Yes. God, it was so good. 
a couple of days before that, you had said, we have like no chicken broth, yeah. which is a staple in our we freezer. We were getting down, to the, the light was on on the tank. So I said, okay, well, why don't you just make a chicken noodle soup? Mm -hmm. I like it when you make soups because mm -hmm. that gives me some lunch stuff I can eat here at the house. So that's going to be one of the things that's going to be key is making sure I have lunch that I can eat. Yeah. And you made that chicken noodle soup and then you made the broth with the extra. The chickens that we buy from the farmer's market, you guys, these guys, these chickens are like ginormo chickens. They're not these little like measly birds. So take one of those chickens, make a big delicious pot of chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Make how many cups of broth for your freezer? The bones from one chicken? Yeah. How many cups of broth did you make when you put it in the freezer? That's all I'm asking. Oh, I got to think. Four? Just guess. 20? Okay. So 20 gallons of broth in the refrigerator. I didn't say gallons. That's a big ass chicken. 20... <laughs> Okay, so 20 cups uh -huh. uh, about of broth in the freezer. Yes. And then another like two cups of meat that didn't go in the soup. Right. Okay. That was on purpose. So you saved the meat for me so that I could eat or whatever. Make we could chicken use it. salad, make a sandwich, whatever you want. You ended up throwing that in with the steak that you had cooked the night before mm -hmm. into the fried rice. Yeah. I took one of the two cup amounts of the broth that you made. Yeah. And made the poultry seasoning that everyone likes that I hadn't made since last year. And that's because we've got a ton of sage and thyme in addition to that basil we already used coming out of the garden. So I take a huge quantity of sage. The more the better. A huge quantity of thyme. Mm. Two cups of the broth. Right. Chop it up in my chopper. Add kosher salt to the top of that. Cook it in the oven at the lowest temperature possible for several hours. Pull it back out. Run it back through the chopper again. It turns into basically a bouillon, a homemade bouillon. Because now you can sprinkle it on. I love it. it We've got dill salt, pizza salt, which is like Italian seasoning. Basil mm -hmm. and red pepper and, and onion. And now this poultry salt. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. You have some coriander salt in there. I'm getting into the swing of things, you know, and I know it's only been a year, but I've been in my business really for about three years now, mm -hmm. two and a half solid without another corporate job well, of I think any also kind. that idea of that three hours, four hours sometimes mm -hmm. in the middle of the day, I think that you've begun just looking for things to do. I have begun looking for things and, to do. And the output is fantastic. Yeah, I exactly. Appreciate it. For one thing, I'm looking for things to do besides just nibble on junk food, yeah. you know, which is junk food in our house is different than junk food in other houses. But seriously, though, I am so freaking excited about the fact that we are not dealing with a time change in a few weeks. Oh, is it going to move back? We're not, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, we're, we're did here. that happen? I, I think so. I don't believe there's any time changes anymore. In Texas? Or is that, was that state to state that we're deciding that? Let's I hadn't do heard so, that. Let's call that an unanswered question, but I'm pretty certain okay. we're not doing time change. We're definitely going to have to do an unanswered question, but I'm pretty certain I'm correct on this one. I think that this passed if you're not, it's a done we'll deal. edit it out. Well, even if it isn't, you can. I'm allowed to be incorrect. I want the world to know that 99% of the shit that comes out of my ass... <laughs> I think you just made your point. You don't have exactly. to continue. <laughs> hey, someone's at the door. It's your, hey, look at your mom. She did come. All right. Welcome. Vicky, have a seat and join us at the dinner table. Hi. We are so glad you're here because we have so many questions. Shoot. It is day one. Yes. Now, how long has it been since you ended your 30 days? Um, I did it in July, the full month of July. Okay. 
So it's 31 so right before we went to Hawaii. Right. This is what we were talking about before you got here. Number one, easy to go snacks, snacky type food. The chips are gone. The You know, all that's gone. We actually pre-prepared a lot of fruit. Fruit. And fruit, fruit, and fruit. That's what we ate. And we just, we really broadened our sense of fruit, like apples, pears, grapes. We were cutting up mango before you got here. Melons. that we were, I went to the Fruit King and got lots of stuff. Yeah, that's good. Because that's really, that's what we would eat. And then actually now, that's what Paul still eats. Now that he's maintaining not eating sugar. Dates is good. Those medjool dates. I, have not, I did not get dates. They're pure sugar. They're, you know, they're not. A compliant sugar. They are. Yeah. And Paul loves them and he buys them and they're a little dry and a little chewy. And that's kind of like his chocolate bar. Aislinn's whole jam is salty snacks. I guess nuts. Is that nuts limited to nuts? Yeah. There's not much else. Paul figured out that plantain chips were compliant. Oh, plantain chips. Yeah. yeah. And so, and you can make plantain chips in a heartbeat. I don't know why we're buying them, except that they're cheaper. Why are you toes. looking at me, Aislinn? You can make plantain chips in a heartbeat. And you can totally make them. I saw them and I ate them and they were delicious. Vicki, what are your thoughts on nut cheese? <laughs> oh my God. Can we really go into that? <laughs> oh, shit. It, it, it's a little cleaner after the 30 days of the... Of the whole eating. No, cheese. Cashew cheese was a good choice. We literally didn't eat any kind of cheese during that time. Nothing that was even close to cheese. We just didn't. Because Paul had already kind of had an inkling that dairy was problematic for him. Bothering him. And we were, both of us, he ate cheese and crackers every day. And I ate ice cream every day. And so we just kind of avoided dairy okay so when you did your taco bowl i know that's one of the dishes you really enjoyed Mm -hmm. y'all didn't do a cheese cheese. type of substitute Mm -mm. anything like that no and that taco bowl was one of my favorite recipes because it was the easy go-to you can grab a bag of shredded lettuce at the grocery store make two nice size portions and i found that the recipe that i used which i just over-searched Whole30 recipes, but uh-huh. I was amazed. The Whole30 recipes are probably your best recipes you'll ever find out there. They are whole foods. They don't have sugar. They don't have dairy. They don't have grains. And they're delicious. They're just the best. Salad dressings. Okay, I have a funny story about salad dressings. So I was going to do a sugar fast, not Whole30. And I went to Natural Grocers and I bought... Oh, I don't know, six bottles of Primal Kitchen salad dressing. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of dressing that we usually eat, like ranch, Caesar, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I spent like a week trying to use those dressings and threw them in the garbage. They didn't taste good. They were horrible. Yeah. So but when, I know you all landed on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we did Whole30, I went the opposite direction and I bought I bought Primal Kitchen, um, but I bought vinegars like... Oil and vinegar and balsamic 
vinaigrette. So that's the direction and you that, are trying to duplicate. No, yeah. no. And I find that now when we go to a restaurant, Paul asks for oil and vinegar. He won't. The creamy dressings are kind of a thing of the past. Now, you ate some of the homemade ranch that's dressing. I, yeah, I was going there with you. Yeah. He just didn't really like it. He, I was going to say I ate that and I was like, okay, that's fine, but that's not ranch. Right. And I'm like, I'm like a hardcore, you guys know, but I'm was a that hardcore out of a bottle? Eater. Was that out of a bottle or did you guys make that? No, it was homemade all okay. homemade with just eggs it was semi like a mayo recipe so you wouldn't want aislinn you wouldn't want me to try to duplicate that you didn't care for that when we had it at your folks it wasn't that i didn't care for it it's just that i don't think it's ranch you know i feel the same way about like a lot of the fake meat things besides the fact that fake meats are a bunch of crap you shouldn't be eating also but that's a whole different well there's a whole bunch of people out there that totally found it to be an acceptable ranch dressing right sure we just didn't like it and and of course as much as you play around with recipes, you would adjust those seasonings till you got them where you liked them anyway. Yeah. And I go strictly by the book. Uh-huh. So you should definitely try it. I will. I'm going to really lean on you for the recipes that you found. Sure. And your favorite ones. Yeah. I brought a list. Oh, fantastic. Oh, God. One of the first ones that I did and y'all shared with me was marinated chili lime shrimp skewers. That was one of my favorites. And, you know, it's like it was just learning a new way of cooking. I don't normally go buy shrimp, but H-E-B has a nice shrimp selection. You get your shrimp on the outside. Yes. Yeah. I just, if I was going to cook shrimp, I would fry it. Mm -hmm. And I also have a gadget to cook shrimp with, so... That helps. I use them on the indoor grill. But that was one of my favorites. Um, I made dill sauerkraut deviled eggs, which I thought were really tasty. Yeah, I'm going to boil a bunch of eggs up tonight. Those were good. Thirty second good snacks right there. The 30-second mayo recipe, Paul said, I don't know why we would ever buy mayo. It was so good. I have been saying that even before Whole30 for years. So homemade mayo. Uh-huh. Ghee is uh, something you learn mm-hmm. to cook with. Clarified butter, uh, yeah. Clarified butter. And I, I bought it because it was simple, and sometimes that's easier for Did me. Did they have that at, inside baseball? Did they have that at our... No. Okay. I, didn't I had to get so. it at natural grocers. Okay. I'll have to go um, there. It's so simple to make. Seriously. The ghee? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Just read the instructions. Basically, you melt the butter and the solids separate from right. the liquid, and you retain the liquid. That's the ghee. It's easy. Another one of my favorite things that I made was y'all also ate the spicy pineapple jicama guacamole. Yeah. So you yeah. get you get real creative with a few more flavorful things mm-hmm. in your guacamole than our usual. So that was a change up. And it's you also got to remember that in the Whole30, you're not consuming sugar and you're not consuming carbs a lot other than fruit. Right. So your pastas, your bread, you're not consuming that. So your calorie, while I don't count calories and calorie intake is not important to me, your nutrition is affected because you're not getting the same number of calories coming in that you had. So your body now is going to start adapting. So the guacamole with the pineapple and jicama in it was flavorful, but you picked up jicama and pineapple, which adds to your fiber content Mm. for the day and a little sweetness in your day. And avocado is your protein. That's just a good all round. And it was keep it in the um, refrigerator and then eat some carrots or cucumber slices. And that makes a good snack food. I can eat guacamole with a fork. I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's a little different when you're like out at a restaurant and you order like something and you have to like share and dip with people and all that. But when I'm at home, I'll just eat a bowl of guacamole with a fork. <laughs> and I think on one of your recent podcasts, you talked about a creamy mushroom pork chop yes. recipe. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole 30 recipe. Oh, good. The one, did you put coconut milk in it? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. That was delicious. Yeah, that's okay. a whole thirty, good. and that recipe is. So we'll call that every really Monday, good. and then every Tuesday it's grilled shrimp, and then every. I like was, grilled shrimp. Mm. That was one of those things that Paul really liked, and he wanted me to repeat. One of my other favorite recipes was the creamy salmon sweet potato. Um, oh, do we have that with you? We had that at your house. Yes. 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 That's the one with the screw. With the spiralized. <laughs> oh, that's when y'all tried to kill me. <laughs> Yes. We gave up uh, on trying to kill you. Now we just try to live with you. uh, Yeah. Spiralized. Do my best. Spiralized. My nut cheese is about to get fantastic. Spiralized (laughs) sweet potatoes. Um, seem to be way over my pay grade in the beginning. And we I've had a spiralizer for like three years, and it came up here and lived here for a year, and right. it never got, made it out of its packaging. You cook separately a slab of salmon. Hopefully you go get a nice wild-cut piece from your nice, fresh neighborhood grocery store. And um, you spiralize two sweet potatoes, peel them, spiralize them, and then you make another one of those coconut milk, saucy, um, it, was, it was good. And it was. It also had bacon in it. So you fry up your bacon mm. and then cook your sweet potatoes in the bacon grease. And then once your sweet potatoes get softened, then you can throw in kale and or spinach and or both and wilt them down and then serve your salmon on that. And my husband went berserk. He said, but you could sell that at a five-star restaurant. That's what we're going to have to do for uh, maybe our dinner table talk salon. Quite possibly. Maybe, maybe. Certainly the pork chops we like as well. Oh, God. We have so many options now. This is getting better and better. I don't know where you're going to get your sweet potatoes from for your event, but um, because we don't have those right now. How have you done since it's been over? It's been over for a month. You've already talked about how y'all aren't eating this anymore and y'all kind of cut that out now because after living without it for 30 days, it It wasn't a burden. It was definitely life-changing in that um, we discovered there were things that we were eating that we could live without. Basically, when we went to Hawaii, that changed up the idea of doing it a day on and a day off and that sort of thing. However, when we got to Hawaii, the first thing we did was go to a farmer's market and buy fruit. So I wasn't worried about eating fruit. If we went to the restaurant, we could eat fish. And, you know, it really was kind of easy to prolong what I was doing and add back a thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty much back to eating anything and everything that I want, but Paul is not. He's being a little more strict? Much more strict. I don't think he's eaten any dairy unless it's something I cook with. And and has he noticed a big change? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So right after we got home from Hawaii, Lillian had specifically asked for chicken and dumplings, which is my absolute favorite recipe that I never eat anymore because of the grain thing, which became her absolute favorite recipe, like the home-cooked chicken and dumpling recipe that my grandmother's made that we've carried through. And then the chocolate cake that was like the grandmother's chocolate cake, all the, all the same. So she requested those specific things. And mom made them and everybody showed up and dad said he ate a bite of that cake. And that was like a really big indicator for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, he said it. That in the middle of the night, he woke up and his hands were swollen. You know, he made mention that the whole 30 days that he was doing without all that stuff, that he didn't have acid reflux or heartburn yeah. one single time. That's amazing. And the big thing that we were both trying to accomplish, which it really didn't, you know, it was less for me than it was for him. Mm-hmm. But I was also very much more aware of what I was eating already than he was. We did develop some habits to cook more. You found out that cooking isn't as complicated as it seems. Whole30 is a very simplified way to cook, and you don't have to have as many ingredients. It is important that I know you wing it with your ingredients a lot, and I think you're going to find that you need to stick more to Whole30 recipes because of, Mm -hmm. oh, soy sauce? Oh, yeah, no, coconut aminos. There's things that you use regularly that you're just going to have to move away from for a bit. There's a lot to learn. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. But it's a, it's a good way to learn. And the internet, oh my God, I can't even imagine doing this with just the book and just a recipe book. Yeah. But the internet, it's the same way you and I have cooked all along, which is, okay, I got some pork chops. Mm-hmm. What's a pork chop Whole30 recipe? Right. And then you find the one that fits what you have in the house. I did learn with that pork chop recipe what the mushrooms were for. I had no idea those mushrooms were going to create liquid in my skillet. I did not (laughs) know that. So that was a big learning thing. But yeah, we are buying much more. um, Paul's buying sourdough bread, not regular bread. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're not eating a lot of bread, no dairy. We're not buying any real cheese for the house. He said, and this is one of those brand name things that I've known my dad eat my whole entire life. I think the Triscuits are making me sick. Yes. He said that the other yeah. day. I think the Triscuits are making me sick. I literally yeah. have watched that man eat Triscuits for 43 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he bought some non-grainy, you know, some almond flour, blah, blah, you, yeah. blah the gluten. Oh, he made cookies while we were gone. Oh my gosh. The cookies were <laughs> fabulous. He's over there making almond flour, chocolate chip cookies With or honey. something like that. Yeah. Or raisin, honey. I don't even know. I was yeah. like, and he's so proud of himself. He's making his plantain and chips. They were and amazing. And yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, Vicki, if we need anything else, we know where to find you. Yes, you do. And I know that you are a well of resources on this. So yeah. thank you. You want to stick around for a random question of the week? Oh, sure. Only if we can talk about nut cheese. (laughs) That's cashew cheese, by the way. (laughs) For those that have already gone deep into the sewer with that comment. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question we can deep dive into? If you had to eat one type of cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, pick me. Pick me. Okay, you go first. (laughs) It depends on what nationality I am that day. (laughs) Because when I eat Greek food, I go, oh, I was Greek in another life. And when I eat Mexican food, I go, oh, I was Mexican in another life. I could never answer that question with one cuisine. Never. that's the whole fun of the game. The whole fun of the game. What can we pick? What's the one thing? Okay, because crawfish always comes up for me. Indian food always comes up for me. Um, what are the types of things that I... I was Indian Thai. in another life. Uh, no, I wouldn't put Thai at the top of the list, although I love Thai food. If I had to live with it for the rest of my life... And your life is, I guess, still gluten-free, so you got to keep that in mind. Well, then I guess I'm going to go with Indian food then. Because Indian food, is, I've found that Indian food is the safest place. They don't eat wheat in India, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I'm going to go Italian. I'm Mediterranean. Love it. Yes. 
You go to the Mediterranean food restaurant. What's the one thing that you always get? It's not ha- hummus. It's hummus. You're hollering It's at an me. inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that at home, y'all. If you guys haven't listened to Mo Amer. Yeah, Mo Amer. Mo Ammer, he's a hilarious comedian. It's on Netflix. Totally yeah, check it out. What do you call those sandwiches that you eat with the lamb? A gyro. A gyro. Yeah. I wasn't going to be the one to say it wrong first. <laughs> and for me, it's going to be good old-fashioned spaghetti with a nice thick marinara sauce. I just love it. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, both of y'all are Eggplant parmesan. Both of y'all are wrong. I love eggplant parmesan. Me too. And I thought I would have said in a past life that I couldn't live without chicken and dumplings, but now I'm like, well, I'm not impressed yet with the. You did try the gluten-free chicken and dumplings; they were not good. You guys. Hashtag fail. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on nut cheese? Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.